Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Minutes with Mute as former BC quarterback and current BC IMG sideline reporter Scott Mutrin joins us. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to be back, and it's always good to talk after a Boston College win, 45-35 to over Temple. BC approves to 4-1, and and a big-time game coming up this weekend as the Eagles flock and fly down to Raleigh, North Carolina, NC State, ranked number 23 in the nation, uh, 4-0 record. Uh, so it's a good opportunity, Scott, for BC now. Uh, to play on the road against a team that's ranked 23rd and uh, to try to get back into the top 25 themselves. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for BC down in Raleigh. North Carolina State is uh, is a pretty tough team there. They're going to bring a lot of challenges on the offensive side of the ball. They probably have the best quarterback in the ACC and probably uh, debatable will be a first-round draft pick in Ryan Finley. Uh, they possess a lot of weapons uh, to get the ball to. They... You're going to see some pretty lengthy uh, wide receivers and tight ends with North Carolina State across the board. You're going to see a couple 6'3", a couple 6'2", and they have a 6'7", tight end. So there's a lot of talent across the board for those guys. They're going to present some challenges for BC, and you know they caught some uh, they caught some good momentum last week in running the football. They had struggled their first three games, and they really got some rhythm last year. Uh, excuse me, last week running for over 100 yards for the first time this year, and if they get both sides of that thing going on offensively, they're going to be a tough team to stop. And let's we'll get into that in a second. Let's first, though, backtrack. Boston College, Temple, a hard-hitting game, really a grind them out, kind of like an old-school Big East-type game. And uh, BC prevails 45-35, some injuries, first of all. And let's get right into it, Scott. Offensively, A.J. Dillon, your thoughts on him? He's a little banged up. We don't know, really, if he's going to play on Saturday, but... Just how you th- thought he bounced back uh, after the uh, rough performance against Purdue? I thought he did a good job. He got 28 car- carries before he got hurt, and I thought he did a good job of really taking what the defense was giving him. I thought, as any young running back goes through, they go through stages where they really want to get a lot of big plays, and every play they want to try and bust out a long run when sometimes the best play is just to get your pads and everything up in the in the end of the hole and get three to four yards, and A.J. showed some good patience this past week, did a good job, and then, of course, busted out that nice long run on third down to, to really kind of turn the momentum of that game. And I thought he was, he, was, uh, he was doing a really great job running the football, a lot of patience and a lot of toughness running behind his pads. I thought he did a really good job. And then, you know, as people go down, opportunities are riding. Got to give credit. Ben Glides, 23 carries, 120 yards. What's your take on him? And, you know, obviously we're, we're going to see him uh, against NC State, at least for a little bit. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. 
I'm a huge fan of Ben Glines Cubs. He's a, you know, the tough, the tough Ohio kid, Cincinnati St. Xavier kid. He does anything coaches ask him to do. He's playing some receiver, plays on all the special teams, return, punt cover. He's just a warrior. He's just a tough kid that's going to run through walls for his teammates, and he gets a lot of, you know, kudos from the the strength coach. Uh, Frank Perano is a big fan of him. Says he's the toughest, toughest kid in the team, hardest worker, and it's nice to see guys like that get rewarded for all their hard work and all their team first effort. You know, a team team always needs a superstar, the guy that's going to make some plays like A.J. Dillon, but the, the backbone of the team is guys like Ben Glines that are willing to accept the role that they have and, and compete and give the team and sacrifice maybe personal stats for the betterment of the team, and he's just a, a great example of that for B.C. And then we look at the offense as a whole. I'd like to get your thoughts. Anthony Brown, the receivers, put up 45 points. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and there weren't a lot of big play-action passes down the field. Anthony was 15 for 33, still with two touchdowns. Um, but he did have a couple drops. I thought there were about, you know, five, I counted five to six drops that he had. Uh, throughout the season, he's, he's been more of a chunk thrower, meaning that they've had about, they are averaging about 14 yards a catch going into this. And, and after this week's game, it was about 9.2 yards a catch. I like that they got Jeff Smith involved. Um, I think Jeff Smith's a dynamic player that needs to touch the ball. Now, you know, it's nice to get him. He had four catches and a touchdown, then threw for another touchdown. Anytime you get him involved in the offense, I think it's going to get better. And then, of course, Tommy Sweeney is, is another great weapon. He had a great touchdown catch that, yeah, that let right. off the scoring for the Eagles. So, Anthony Brown did a good job. He took care of the ball. I thought they started uh, – Scott Leffler and the offensive staff decided to come out and maybe throw a little on first down to get him some easy looks and some easy completions. So, instead of those big chunk plays, they're a little more controlled middle passing game. So that was good to see coming out of them, and and also a big a big thing for them is that they they stayed on the field. They were ten for twenty two on third down, which is about a, you know just around a forty five percent clip, and and that's something that really is is key to be success as an offense. Their ability to stay on the field and move the sticks. Yeah, it was nice to see a little up tempo as well. I remember talking to Coach Dodzi after the Purdue game. He's like, we got to get back to the up tempo offense. So they did get back to that. As well, also we got to see. Hopefully, Kobe White can play on Saturday. We don't know. We don't know injuries uh, where they stand. Yeah, there's 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 some injuries. Jeff Smith got banged up as well. He didn't finish the game. So the the depth is going to be tested on a lot of on a lot of uh, personnel groups for the offensive end. But there's some capable guys that are that hopefully can come in and and fill the gaps. You're not going to be able to replace AJ Dillon with one guy, but hopefully you can get some production like you saw from Benny Glines. Travis Levy can, can come in there, maybe even David Bailey as a freshman, if, if he's needed to play, that he can jump in. And then if you lose Jeff Smith, you have some depth there where you have Michael Walker, and, uh, and, and, Lewis, and, and Lewis can come in and, and, and make, some, make some plays. on. He's a young guy that can come make some plays. So they have some, some opportunity with that and within their tight end group where they can find some other guys out there that can make some plays, whether it's Chris Garrison or Tommy Sweeney as well. All right, last couple of minutes here. Let's just go. Right to the defensive side, and when I think of that game, Zach Allen comes to mind. Uh, just really, almost single-handedly saved the uh, the defensive unit last Saturday. Yeah, he had, he was a stat stuffer. He had a, he had a big game: eight tackles, four TFLs, two sacks, uh, a forced fumble, two pass breakups. That's something that goes all the way across the, the the stat sheet. And I thought he played really well. I really thought the turning point of the game was um, was Ham Cheever's interception. BC was a little bit struggling and, and maybe almost a little lethargic at the beginning of the game. And his interception really turned the table for BC. They were able to go and score off that 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 interception and then get another score right after that. And you could see kind of seize the momentum of that game. That was a really game changing interception. There are some concerns. I thought there were some big plays that BC gave up in the passing game. I thought Isaiah Wright 
who was a pretty special player for Temple. He had seven catches for 114 yards, and he was a matchup nightmare in the secondary. Uh, the loss of Lucas Dennis hurt the secondary. You had to play Michael Palmer back there, who's a, who's a little more experienced of a guy, but has not seen you know as ton of playing time as some of the other guys. But then you have two young guys out there, Brandon Sebastian and, and Elijah Jones, that had to go out there and play in the secondary in the second half. And, and Temple did a good job attacking them. And then Raquel Armstead, I thought was was Temple's best player, man. He he was unbelievable. He had 171 yards rushing, four TDs, a 75-yard John. He was an impressive guy. I, I thought that uh, he really brought it. He was really tough. He played, you know, special teams as well. I think he even got a couple defensive snaps. He's he's a really leader of that team, and he played with such heart. It was really impressive to watch him play. Going forward with Lucas Dennis not being able to be in the first half of this game against uh, North Carolina State, I think BC BC's going to have to have some young guys grow up. But fortunately, with Anthony Campanelli running that, that secondary group back there, he's a pretty talented coach. I think he's going to be able to coach these guys up and get them ready for this weekend. You mentioned covering big plays. One concern I have, too, on defense is that third down conversion rates going against BC, very, very high. What can BC do? Because, you know, NC State, with that quarterback, that's not a good formula. they got to shut down those third downs and get the ball back to the offense. Well, it's Mike. You're obviously listening to my other podcast with the, on the perch and, and, and listening to the games because that's a big factor in which I throw in to to a lot of things is third down conversion. And they allow Temple to convert 50% of third down. For, uh, excuse me, North Carolina State for the year, for the season, is converting 59% of their third downs. So what does that tell me? It tells me that if, if you've got a high third down conversion rate, it usually means that teams are in either third to medium and third and short. Because if you've got a lot of third and longs, then those are tougher to convert. So it shows me that NC State is getting themselves in position to get convertible third downs. And, they, and the defense for BC, on the other end, is really not, not doing a good job on winning first and second down so that they can bring in those pass rushers and allow Wyatt Ray and Zach Allen to go get the quarterback on third and long. I think BC's got to do... A uh, well, big key for them this weekend is to be able to stop um, Ricky Person and Reggie uh, Gallespie for, for North Carolina State in their running game. Those guys are, are, if they can make North Carolina State a little more one-dimensional and win on first down, it'll cause them, it'll at least allow BC to go to some of their sub-packages and be able to get after Ryan Finley. And then, you know, third part of the game, always special teams. Does the kicking concern you at all? You know, a missed extra point again Saturday. Uh, what's your thoughts on special teams? Uh, and I obviously got I got in a little social media back and forth after the game is that there's a difference between um, system issues and coaching issues where guys aren't blocking the right guys or doing the right thing. But if you look at BC's um, imperfections in the special teams, you're seeing physical errors, whether it's yeah. dropping a snap, yeah. whether it's missing a block or having a block and not sustaining a block. Uh, whether you know dropping the football twice that's happened on the on the punt on the yeah. punt team. Yeah. So. Uh, and then the other two blocks against Holy Cross were on personnel of guys that haven't played the position. So I don't really consider it a systematic issue or a coach like Ricky Brown issue. I think he's doing a great job. I just think there are just some unfortunate human errors at big moments. But you have to look at it the other side is that Michael Walker was, was tremendous in the punt return game. Two big punt returns that really changed field position. He's a hair off of breaking a couple of these runs. He had a couple big kick returns in the last couple weeks that he's a block away from really taking them uh, to the house. And I expect him to get a big one pretty soon. But you, the, with the bad, you got to understand that there are some good things coming. And I think Michael Walker has been one of those, minus the couple uh, fumbles that he's had. How great would that be on Saturday if uh... – he could pull one off on the road, get seven points for the offense. 
on uh, special teams. Anytime you can get scoring from your special teams, it's an added bonus. You don't factor that into to your game plan or what you expect. So if you get the opportunity to put some points on the board, even changing field position is a is a magic is is a, is an important thing to be able to do. And if you can do that, then. You know, you make a team go along field, whether you're punting and keeping, you know, driving them in deep, or whether you're shortening the field for your offense that you're giving them. They don't have to drive 70, 80 yards. They can, they can go 40 or 50 yards. That, that makes it a lot different. It makes it a lot easier for your offensive coaches to kind of be aggressive and go after some big shot plays and some scoring plays. Last minute or so, Scott, just talk about the implications for this game. I looked at the NC State game last year. Anthony Brown got hurt. Big turning point there. I have to think. This game, want to get some revenge, stay undefeated in the ACC, a chance to beat a team who's ranked on the road. I mean, when's the last time that's happened? You know, so a lot of factors going to this game on for down in Raleigh uh, that's not, really you know, affecting BC. Two and zero down in uh, North Carolina State, as a matter of fact, I believe. Um, so. I thought last year's game they had a, chance, a couple chances, and when Anthony Brown went out, that kind of really sealed the fate. Their North, North Carolina State's defense really stepped up big. You had a, you know, a top-five pick in Bradley Chubb that took over the end of that game and really kind of stole all hope from, from B.C. But B.C. going down there, and you're going to see similar type of, of, of players and teams. Uh, North Carolina State has done a good job on, on the defensive end so far. They've only allowed about, I think, 11 to 10 points, 10 to 11 points a game so far this year. But they're really they're a tough team. You're, you don't have a ton of five star recruits there. They're tough kids that mature and, and and get better with with some seasoning and get an opportunity to maybe play at a younger age that they wouldn't get going to some of the other big time schools. So these are guys that are, are that have a little bit of edge to them and they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So that's why you see this this battle with North Carolina State and BC so much. So it, it, the, the key to this game, honestly, is going to come down to a couple things. It's going to come down to BC's ability to control the line of scrimmage on offense. And the offensive line has been great so far, but they need to be able to, to move some guys and, and create an ability for BC to run and throw the football on offense. And then defensively, as we kind of touched on, is, is third down, make, uh, make NC State, I, hate, I know you hate to say it, but you want to make them a little, a little one-dimensional. And if you win on third down, um, that's going to help your your offense to be able to stay on the field and keep Ryan Finley off because he's a special quarterback. He's he's a he's probably the best quarterback. I'm going to say he's the best quarterback in the ACC. He may even he may even be in the top three in the country with Will Greer and and maybe uh, Herbert out of out of Oregon. So he's a, he's a special guy, and they have some. Uh, some big time wideouts with Emeka as he's a six three sophomore. He had a big game against Virginia. So if they're able to control Ryan Finley and and play kind of to their style, make some big plays in the passing game. I think the the explosive plays are going to need to be there for BC this week for them to win. But I think this is going to be a really tough game for BC. This is I think uh, North Carolina State is is a pretty tough team that matches up well with BC. And BC's going to I don't want to say have to play a perfect game, but they're going to have to play. They're have to bring an A game to win to win down in Raleigh. And when just to wrap it up, you look at the ACC, watch other games over the weekend. Man, this league is wide open this year. Clemson almost loses to Syracuse, really should have lost to Syracuse. Virginia Tech, after losing to Old Dominion, beats Duke at home. Uh, you know, Miami's now winning. Uh, Florida State and Nailbiter over Louisville. That game could have gone back and forth. So it really is a wide open league this year. And this is an opportunity for BC to remain undefeated, go 2-0, and kind of set the pace in the ACC early on in the season. Yeah, I hate to be dramatic, but this is this is a big time game for the, whoever wins this game is really going to set the tone for the rest of their season. 
whoever's the, the winner of this game because you're going to have a chance to, to make a mark in their side of the division and give Clemson a run for their money. If you look at everybody um, that BC has on the schedule, you're going to notice that besides um, – Besides it may be Syracuse because Eric Dungy has been in there. Everyone's going through some quarterback issues. Clemson just decided on a new starter. He gets hurt. Louisville's been going back and forth between uh, Cunningham and Javon Pass. So they've been struggling there. Florida State has had DeAndre Francois, but they haven't been able to protect him. But the last couple weeks he's caught some fire. And then you look at Virginia Tech, they lose Josh Jackson, and now they had a new quarterback came in who actually did great uh, against, you know, threw for, I think, three touchdowns versus Duke, and that went uh, Virginia Tech. And then you have uh, Nikosi Harris, I believe, just took over in Miami. So there's a lot of new quarterbacks and a lot of fluctuation going on there that if BC can kind of stay healthy and stay on pace, and that starts with a win this week, it could really set up for the rest of their ACC schedule that they could kind of, this could be a special year as I, as I thought it could be. If they're able to win this week against NC state, it could really set the tone for a special year for them. All right. Minutes with mute. I feel like we won at least the podcast game tonight, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We did. We, we, we crushed the podcast game today. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thanks as always for joining us here. We'll hopefully talk to you after a win next week. Sounds good, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.